Welcome to the City of Plantations podcast. I am Carrie Blanchard, Battalion Chief of Public Affairs for the Plantation Fire Department. Thank you for tuning in. Our podcast is designed to keep you up to date on all the latest happenings and activities in, about, and around the City of Plantation. On our episodes, we talk directly with the leaders, decision makers, and the movers and shakers who make the Plantation the great city that it is. Welcome back to another episode of the City of Plantations podcast. As fire prevention month approaches, we would like to send out our messages in the hopes that our residents will take home and follow some safety practices. So today we have with us in the studio, Caitlin Murphins, our public education coordinator. Thanks for coming in, Caitlin. Thanks for having me again. So Caitlin, tell us about the importance of fire prevention. The importance of fire prevention is to make um, our community and the whole United States aware about fires, fires in your homes and other places to be, pre- to be prepared for what to do in case that happens. In case there's a fire. Right. Okay. Let's get into that. Let's take a deep dive into what that actually means. Like what does preparation entail? Um, home safety f- plans. Uh, having a meeting place when there's a fire, knowing how to call 911 to give your address and what the emergency is, like stop, drop, and roll, so many things. I could go on. Well, let's. I want to do a deeper dive. So you mentioned something interesting that uh, I've been doing in my house for a little bit, and that is um, having a plan for escape and a meeting place. Can you get more in-depth in that? What exactly are we talking about? So meeting place, what I like to do when I go to the schools in our community, I like to have them draw out their house, have at least two ways out of your house, because if you can't go out one way, you need to have that backup plan So if your plan A doesn't work, you need that plan B. So that way you can get out of your home safely. Um, Learning how to crawl. We crawl under the smoke because heat rises. So under the smoke, there's a little pocket of clean air where you can be able to see and able to get out. And once you're out, you stay out. You never go back in for the toys. You never go back in for your pets. You never go back in. You stay out. Once you're out, you stay out. I think also... Not to interrupt, but the meeting place is also a very important part of this. Because once you're out, you kind of have to know where to go because everybody's going to be chasing each other. And if mom doesn't see the son, she's going to try and go back in because while the message is don't go back in, our instincts tell us we're going to have to protect our kids. So definitely the meeting place is once you're out, that's a very important part of it. It's very important. Your meeting place could be your next door neighbor. It could be the mailbox. It could be you know, a tree, a huge tree, anywhere where you're safe, away from danger, and knowing everybody is out. Right. Now, is this something that that should be practiced? It should be practiced. I would do it once a month. The schools, well, they're not in session right now. They do fire drills once a month with their students. They line up, they walk out, they go to their meeting place. Once everything is clear, they walk back in. And the number one thing is, too, is not to panic. I know it's hard to say that, but don't panic. Right. I think that doing it once a month also builds muscle memory. You know, mm-hmm. we're in a moment because it's easy to do it now. Everything is calm and in an ideal atmosphere. But if you build muscle memory the day that there is panic, that there is fire, that there is smoke or something wrong, then 
you just your brain kicks into gear and you automatically do it. So I think that's why the more you practice it, even once a month, the better off you are. Right. Even if they cannot get out, staying in the room, closing the door. I'm very big about sleeping with doors closed. Um, when you sleep with your door closed, it actually is a barrier between you and the fire. Most people pass away of smoke inhalation, not being burned by the fire. Right. And also if you wake up and there is a fire, you need to feel the door and how you would feel the door is by using the back of your hand and you would slowly go up the door all the way up as far as you can reach and all the way down to feel if the door is hot, obviously you're not going to go through it. If the door is cold or cooler, you know, then yes, go through it. And that's when your escape plan comes in. Do I, can I go out my plan A? If I can't go my plan A, then I can go out my plan B. Right, right. And I think that's a very important point you make because not only does the doors to bedrooms being closed protect the individuals in the bedrooms from fire if there's fire, but it also reduces the spread of the fire. Yes. And, you know, like in commercial structures, I mean, we all know that there's fire breaks, fire doors, some automatically close. There's various different systems, but ultimately if we can stop the spread of the fire, it's easier to extinguish uh, if it doesn't extinguish itself. So, yeah, that's a very good point. So, Kaylin, can you tell us about the NFPA and uh, the NFPA, which is, for people that might not know, is a National Fire Protection Association, and they're pushed for annually teaching mostly kids, but anybody, really. What can you tell us about them? Since 1922, the NFPA has sponsored the Public Observation of Fire Prevention Week. In 1925, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed Fire Prevention Week a national observation, making it the longest-running public health observation in our country. During Fire Prevention Week, it teaches adults, children, teachers all about fire safety and staying safe from fire and providing firefighters life-saving public education and effort to dramatically decrease casualties caused by fires. All right, very good. I know that annually we in the city push this uh, um, NFPA topic to our schools, and this is what we teach every year, which at the end of a few years, it's kind of becomes a, a whole entire fire prevention plan for our children. We do teach the children because at the end of the day, while adults are not always compliant, and I'm speaking for myself, our children mostly are, and our parents, the parents, want to be a good role model for their kids, even though they probably wouldn't do it themselves once the kids bring it up kind of feel compelled to do it so that's good this is what saves lives ultimately this year happens to be on kitchen fires which is i think a perfect topic for this year because of everything that's going on in the world with COVID 19 and a lot of us are staying home and not going out and cooking at home so this year's topic from the nfpa is serving up fire safety in the kitchen which i think is great believe it or not according to the nfpa cooking is the leading cause of home fires and home fire injuries in the United States. Almost half, about forty, about 44% of reported home fires started in the kitchen. And 66% of home cooking fires start with the ignition of food or other cooking materials. Wow. Thanksgiving, believe it or not, is the leading day for fires involving cooking equipment. I actually know why that is. And it's, I thought that was why? really cool. It's got to be frying turkeys. Oh, yes. Frying turkeys. But you do that outside. I right. would think in the kitchen would be people forgetting their stuff in the oven or 
but I think that a lot of people try to do it inside, oh boy. which is why there's been so many PSAs, yes. especially from the NFPA, about how to safely fry turkeys. Correct. And doing it outside. Okay. A lot of people, too, with the turkeys, they don't thaw. They're still, some of them are still frozen, and right. they drop it in that fryer. And the water, like, yeah. Water oil. Not a good mix. Well, then tell us what we could do. How can we prevent these, or what can we... What we can do to prevent do. these is never leaving cooking food unattended, stay in the kitchen while you are frying, grilling, or, or boiling. If you have to leave even for a short time, turn off the stove. If you are simmering, baking, roasting, you know, check regularly to make sure that the food is cooking properly. Use a timer to remind you that you are cooking. You have to be alert when cooking. You won't be alert if you're sleepy or have taken medicine or consumed alcohol because that does make you drowsy. Always keep an oven mitt and a pan lid nearby when you're cooking. If a small grease fire starts, slide the lid over the pan to decrease the flames, turn off the burner, and leave the pan there until it completely cools. Right. A lot of people, especially adults, when I talk to adults about fire safety, I get to hear the wet rag, the baking soda. They want to put water. They want to put water. Yeah. And I said the lid is the best thing because what it does once you put that lid on, it smothers, it. It smothers the fire and there's no oxygen. Right. Having a kid-free zone, you want to keep your kids at least three feet away from the oven. You know, kids, boiling water, that that's fragile on a child's skin. Mm-hmm. It's not good at all. And just keeping your cooking area clutter-free. You know, you don't want anything close to the stove that can burn. You know, a wooden spoon, plastic spoon, towels, and towels like that. your phone. You know, I almost burned my phone once. <laughs> Storage containers. Yes. I've burnt a couple Rubbermaids. I, I will say I accidentally put my plastic measuring cup on my burner and I forgot. And I was like, what is that smell? What's that smell? And I yeah. burned my measuring cup. Yeah. yeah. It happens. It happens quickly. It does. And I, I, I'm going to say something like you talked about all the things and the perils that, you know, things that you do. Another thing that where a lot of us are guilty of is phones. You know, oh, yes. you're on the phone, you're, you're on Facebook and you're mm-hmm. scrolling and you're whatever it is, surfing, whatever it is, and you get distracted. Oh, yeah. And right. everything happens in an instant. Yeah. yeah. My, believe it or not, mine was because my mom FaceTimed me and I walked away for a second to give the phone to my four-year-old to talk to grandma. Yep. And I'm like, yep. you know, so and I'm a firefighter. <laughs> we should add to our messaging, no texting while cooking. Yes. yes. That'd be a good talk. Or at least be aware. Year. Yeah, always uh, be yeah. aware. You always yeah. have to be aware. Yeah, I know that the city of Plantation Fire Department, talking about fire department specifically now, has an annual contest. Yes, we do. I know that everything is different this year because of COVID. Yeah. So we kind of had to evolve with it. So we're also doing our art and literature contest differently. We have normally in the past gone to the schools. But this year, because kids are at home and we kind of want to include all residents of Plantation, we've revamped it. Tell us about the guidelines so that if any artists, any writers, any poets out there that want to submit something, they can do it. Yeah, even um, anything like if they want to do a video, we have a video submissions that we can do. The 2020 Marty Chizu Fire Prevention Art and Literature Contest reinforces fire prevent our fire prevention message from the NFPA. This year's theme is serve serve serving up fire safety in the kitchen. 
the age group that it's we are aiming for is K through three and four through fifth grade, and they will be each graded separately by the categories. And the three categories are? The three categories are hand-drawn art, literature, computer-generated art, photography, and video. Very good. All right. So hand-drawn art includes what? Uh, watercolors, uh, anything, any painting in, oil, in, in any medium, painting, oils, drawings, and like it's that specifically hand-drawn art. But we do, you, you are allowed to use other mediums in it. Correct. Yes. We want to make sure if anybody is participating in this to make sure that it doesn't smear because we do get a lot of submissions. So by the time we get them, they've been touched several times. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that it doesn't smear. Yes. Nice, dry, maybe putting in like in a, an envelope so nothing right. touches it so we can see what it is. All right. Literature. What? Essays, poems, short stories, right? But yes. they're all original compositions and they're limited to one page, correct? One page. That's it. Yep. Okay. And you can be handwritten, typed, mm-hmm. or electronic, right? In, in a jump drive. Right. Yes. For lectures, right. yes. And for then computer-generated art, photography, and video. If it's collage, it has to be two-dimensional. But any flash drive, just be aware that it might you might not get it back. So you want to send the copy, not necessarily the original work. Right. Because... We happen. can't guarantee you get your flash drive back. Right. Okay. Yep. And what's the, the biggest thing that we want everybody to... The biggest thing, what we would like you to know is one submission per child in any one category. Okay. So if you have two kids, they can put in an entry, but not together. Right. It has to be separate entries. And we also want... We don't want one in one child to turn in a hand-drawn art, a yes. essay, and a digital. You can, they can only submit one... Thing. Yeah, so right. if they want to do the drawing, they're only allowed to do drawing. One entry, one per child, one category. Right. right. Perfect. Right. What's the deadline? The when deadline. Ha- until when do they have to turn it in? They have until September 30th at 4 p.m. They can drop it off at our headquarters, which is at 550 Northwest 65th Avenue, Plantation, Florida, 33317. And if they have any questions, they can go onto our city website to www.plantation.org and go to the fire section, and it will be all listed there with the guidelines and the rules. Now, if they have questions, they're more than welcome to call us, and our phone number is 954-797-2150. You can either speak to myself, Caitlin, or Carrie. And those hours are Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock till 4.30 p.m. Correct. So, ladies, what is the process once we've received all the submissions? Then what happens? Then we grade them. Yep, we grade okay. them. We, you know, we judge them. We have in the past used the Friends of the Library to score our literature and the Plantation Art Guild to score the art stuff. Problem is that I'm not sure what's going to happen this year. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Right. But it will be independent. It will be, you know, a, a panel not of people. Us. Right. It will be a panel of people. It will not be us, you know, fire department members. It'll be independent people. And with that comes awards. We, we do plan on doing awards in each category. And what are those? What, how does that work? At this point, it's, it's going to be a virtual award ceremony. We are anticipating giving a trophy that can be picked up following CDC guidelines. Right. The social distancing and everything. But we want to recognize our, our children, first of all, for learning the message, which is the most important part. Right. Participating, but also the children that excel. Right. So that's what we're And the to creativity do. behind it. I mean, the thought process behind creating some form of 
art or or a written essay or something of that nature. So right, oh, that's I, awesome. I will say my favorite are poems. I love seeing the kids produce these poems and how well they're written and the feeling and, and like they express it, themselves. They express yeah. and it's like it it hits your soul real good. Yeah. Right, like that first cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It warms your heart. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that was pretty awesome. Is there anything else that, uh, you know, any other message we need to get out there or? Well, with fire prevention month coming up, since we used to be able to go into the schools and daycares and all that, we are providing virtual fire safety talks within our community, um, setting up via Zoom. So if any of the teachers or schools would like to, they could more than welcome to contact us so we can still spread the message and show that firefighters are friends right not to be scared of them okay very good yeah and if you want any other information as far as the best information is probably from the nfpa and their website is nfpa.org it's a wonderful resource and they have a lot of information on there so if anybody wants to reach out that's where we should go well carrie caitlin thank you so much and to all of our residents out there please get your children uh, motivated this is a very important topic to keep all of us safe as a community and as family. So uh, get involved, and, and we look forward to seeing your submissions. Have a great day. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to the City of Plantation podcast. We strive to bring you accurate and timely information. Please continue to tune in to our podcast episodes and also catch up with us on social media, including Twitter, Facebook, and Nextdoor. If you have questions, send them to askcityhall at plantation.org, and we will answer your questions directly. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast and stay safe, everyone.